We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is to hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. We are joined by special guest, Mr. Tony. Thank you for joining us, sir. Hey, guys. How you doing? Super excited to be on this podcast, and uh, thanks for the invite, Jarek. Of course. Thanks for taking the time. And as always, we will dive right in, and I'd love to know, Tony, what do you feel the world needs more of? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's like such a, I don't want to say typical question, but it's a question that people are obviously always asking. And, you know, I mean, it may sound like a cheesy answer, but it definitely needs a lot more, more love. <laughs> I think today, you know, with between, uh, you know, media and everything that's going on in the world, everything is so uh, divisive and, and you know, everyone's trying to point out what's wrong, not only with the world, but with each other. And, you know, there's a lot more. There's a lot more that actually brings us together and connects us uh, than that. That then that actually draws us apart. Um, you know, it's funny, like just how our brains work and operate. I mean, you know, we have that fight or flight mechanism, and everything seems to you know lean and gear towards the negative, and we always have to fix these problems that actually aren't problems. And if we had actually just focus, <clears throat> I mean, actually, you and I have talked about this a lot. Like, you know, like what are you actually thankful for? <laughs> What are you what are you waking up for? And, and, and it's not something like, oh, I'm thankful for that. I'm healthy. But like it's actually being uh, intentionally thankful in the little things. Um, and I think if the world itself would just start looking at, at things that way or people uh, would start looking at things that way, uh, they have a much better outlook, not just on the world, but on their life in general. So. I dig that. I dig that. And I agree with that. Um Here's a big question. In getting to know how you came to that conclusion, we'd love to know more about you. So I'd love to know what's your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And uh, what are some of the moments that helped shape there over the years? Uh, I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, just to kind of give you a little bit of a background, you know, I was, I was, I barely graduated high school. Um, I, I literally had to go to summer school to, to, you know, graduate high school. Um, and yeah, I just, I hated school. Uh, I did a lot of stupid things when I was younger, you know, uh, everything from just, you know, crazy partying drugs, uh, you know, extremely, I was just a volatile young kid, uh, you know, thought I knew everything, uh, like a lot of young people do. And just went through a lot of struggle, had, you know, got diagnosed with ADHD and, um, uh, partially dyslexic and, um, just a lot of learning disabilities, you know, that I kind of got, uh, stamped with uh, a lot of people, you know, they, they kind of put, you know, put this label on you, you know, you're ADHD, you have to sit in the corner or you're, you know, you're, you're dyslexic. So you can't work with these kids. You're going to work with not smart kids. And even though that wasn't, it wasn't that those kids weren't smart. It was just that label. And I remember just growing up with that. And so I think a lot of people, what they do is, is they either retreat um, and they kind of go into a shell and, you know, they kind of really develop a lot of self-esteem problems, which I had, um, or they, they start to fight and I really just started to fight. I grew up playing a lot of ice hockey and, um, competitive ice hockey, you know, on Long Island and played on different, you know, New York select teams and, you know, travel teams and traveled all over the place, had a bunch of, uh, ex NHL hockey players as my coaches. Uh, John Finelli was a coach. Bobby Nyson was a coach yeah, for the select teams. I mean, we had, you know, uh, Lon Henning uh, was a coach, played with his son Brett. So we had just, I, I had guys that had accomplished something, uh, you know, really significant in the area of sports. 
And they taught me a lot. They taught me what it looks like to really fight through challenges and struggles. And, hey, when you have a challenge, don't give in, you know, to the challenge that the challenge is actually needed and necessary for you to become great. And I just dug into that. And I started to apply that to, to other areas of my life as I got older. And, you know, at 22, 23 years old, I, you know, I, was, I got married young. Uh, my wife got pregnant young. And then we went through a divorce all, like, super, super quick when we started, like, four or five years. And um, that changed my whole world. When I was having a kid, it was like, wow, I, I really need to get my stuff together because if I don't, um, my son's going to live a crappy life. And I didn't want to be an absentee father. I didn't want to be a dad that just wasn't around or, or, you know, only saw my kid on, you know, every other weekend or, you know, every other Wednesday. Or, and, you know, I just, I, I just wanted to be a part of his life. And, and um, you know, because my dad was a part of my life growing up with sports and stuff like that. And my parents went through a lot of struggles themselves, but I knew my dad loved me. Um, and I knew my mom loved me. And, 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 you know, I just wanted my son to not only have the same upbringing that I had, but, but way better. And um, I started to meet people. I started to seek out people who were just in life where I wanted to be. Uh, and a lot of people really don't know. You know, it's funny, like with the area of relationships and the area of finance, which is really what controls 90% of our decision-making process throughout our day, we never get any coaching in those areas. You know, we, we listen to our friends, we listen to our relatives, we listen to, you know, our coworkers, and typically they're not very successful in those two areas. You know, I mean, uh, the national debt isn't where it's at, you know, um, people's debt, school loans, everything. You know, the, the amount of debt that, that the nation carries isn't because people have good financial uh, decision-making processes that they, that they operate with. You know, um, so when they go out and ask questions, they're typically getting answers from people that aren't good in those areas. And then the divorce rate is what it is, you know, because people don't know how to be in a relationship. So I started to seek people out that had, you know, they, they really mastered the area of finance. And they mastered the area of relationships, not just with their significant other, but with just people. Um, and that changed my life. Um, as I met people, I, I, you know, I, met, I met somebody when I was pretty young, and it was a connection of my dad's, actually, and, and my dad had made some major life changes, and I started to follow that path. And so the people that we met had, you know, created, created incredible finances, you know, retired young, uh, you know, from corporate America, and were able to live their life on their terms. And, you know, uh, and most important, though, was not the finances. The most impressive thing to me was the fact that they had great marriages, and great relationships with their kids. And, and that was foreign to me because I saw my parents, I knew my parents loved me, but they didn't have a good relationship as I was growing up. Um, it got better when I saw that they had some mentorship and guidance in their life. And that's what was so impressive to me. And that's, that's kind of why I went down that same path because I saw the results that my, my parents had created by getting some good guidance. So that's kind of just a, a quick, brief <laughs> overview. But yeah, that's, that's one heck of a journey. And so finding those mentors who had what it is that you really wanted, the ability to, uh, in, in this case, have access to a great lifestyle on, on the ability to retire young and take care of the ones you love and give your child a great life. Uh, not only that, but they had an amazing relationship and they were able to kind of mentor and guide you through that process. And, and it sounds like those were some key moments and people that helped shape who you are. Um, with all of that going on, Obviously, you can hear the journey and, and you can hear some of the high moments and low moments all throughout that process of finding the person, getting married, having a child, definitely a peak moment, uh, it not working out in the relationship, falling apart, low moment, <laughs> back to finding a mentor who could show you how to do it, bringing you together. And, you know, now you have a phenomenal relationship and, and a new little one, too. Yep. And, and so yep. it, it, it's a journey. It's a roller coaster there. Um, I'm curious on that roller coaster. What's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble? Uh, when I started to become self-aware uh, in regards to how terrible I was with the relationships, when I got into another relationship um, with with my 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 wife Frances, um, I realized real quick that I still did not know how to be in a relationship. And we were sitting with you know somebody that was mentoring us and guiding us through some stuff and you know, relationship counselor and, and somebody that I you know, deeply respect and, you know, had had produced results in his own life in his relationship. Because I think a lot of people counsel people <clears throat> on relationships, but they aren't actually prospering in that area themselves. And, you know, I always think it's better to meet with somebody and, and get coaching from somebody that is actually prospering in that area that they're actually coaching you in. And, 
um, when I started to become aware as to how I was. And that was probably, you know, one of the most humbling moments, not of the last several years, but of, of my life. Where I said, holy smokes, like, I'm about ready to lose, not my first wife, my second wife. And this is becoming a pattern. And if everybody sees what's wrong with me, and I, and I was so thankful at that moment to have people in my life willing to be honest with me, willing to tell me how screwed up I was and willing to just tell me the truth, you know? And, and I mean, a really humbling moment was, let me kind of back up a little bit, was what led us to that, that counselor, which was we were away on a trip, beautiful trip. Uh, down in the Caribbean, uh, staying at this crazy resort. And, and uh, you know, it was, I mean, the, the house, the, the villas that we had rented were like, you know, $15,000 a night. So it was like, man, financially, we're crushing it. We're doing great. We're on this amazing trip with great people. Like, just awesome. And some of my mentors were there, and they saw how our relationship was. And literally three of them, well, my dad, and two others sat me down and they really had some, some, some serious talk with me that night. And it was like, it was, it was humbling to hear. It was humbling for, for me to have them see things that I was totally not aware of, you know, thinking that for the longest time that everybody else had the problem when I actually had the problem. And, but, but I was, I was open to receiving it. I think what a lot of people do is they go, they just, they just keep hitting themselves up against the wall, man. They just keep beating their head up against the wall expecting everybody else to change around them so that they could be happier so that, you know, uh, their life could work out the way that they think it, it should. And, and for me, I really just got to that point where it was like, um, obviously something's not working when you get to, at least for me, when I got to marriage number two and that was about ready to end, um, that was extremely humbling, but I'm very thankful. I had people in my life that, that could guide me through that. So that was, probably the most humbling thing that's happened to me in the last, you know, six, seven years, you know, so that was about five, six years ago. Wow. What a beautiful that gift. That happened. What a beautiful gift they were able to give you on that day. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it, like you said, it's not always we the most. Our, we, sorry. We wouldn't have our baby if, if that didn't happen. That's right. And like you said, it's not always the most comfortable thing in the world, but it's amazing when someone can really authentically hold a mirror up for you and let you see what's real uh, many times it's life changing for people just to honestly, really, truly, non, for not from a place of judgment, not from a place of making someone wrong, but just showing them what's real, and and just seeing what's real is enough a lot of times to help someone choose a whole different path. Yep. So on yep. this journey, yeah, you've certainly yep. had humbling moments. What about an awe-inspiring moment? Something that maybe put your jaw on the ground and just had you step back and go, "Wow, <laughs> what was that?" I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I think any parent uh, experiences this when their when their child is born. Um, uh, that that's just. I mean, the, the the creation of life. I mean, it's just it's just wild. I mean, you really. I mean, anybody that uh, isn't blown away when they see a child born, it's 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 unreal. And um, you know, Francis and I, we, we do a lot. Uh, with, with kids um, and, and different charity organizations. And, and one of the charity organizations that we work with, the Justice Project, fights against, you know, human trafficking. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's just a big place in our heart where you know, we want to see a lot of change and, and uh, we're working towards, you know, just doing some, some pretty big things in that area. This is, uh, the Justice Project operates um, uh, down in, in Central America. And, you know, it's, it's just... Um, I think that was probably the, the most awe-inspiring moment was was when you know you see your kids born. At least it was for us, and you know, and just seeing my wife, uh, you know, because our relationship is, oh, it's, it's really great, and and it it keeps getting not better but more intimate. And I don't mean just intimacy, you know, from a sexual standpoint. I mean like actually like actually connecting with her. Which if you asked me that, like like five, six, seven years ago, like, oh, you're going to be more intimate with your relationship, with your partner. I'd be like, you're a cheese ball. Like, give me a break. Like, you know, like I just wasn't that type of guy. And it really was because I was just closed off. You know, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to go near my feelings or anything like that. But, um, but man, the, the, the more I've, I've, I've 
dove into that and actually being more intimate with my wife and actually connecting with her on a deeper level, um, it's actually opened my whole world up. I mean, you just, you start to view the world differently, you know, and you see your kids and, and you, you appreciate every day because, you know, I, I know we all speak and pray and believe that we're going to live forever, but you know, we don't know how many days we have left. And when, at least for me, when we think that way, we appreciate every day, you know, and every, not only every day, but every moment, whether it's a good moment or a bad moment, like, okay, like if it's a bad moment, you know, so many people, they're constantly just running away from problems or trying to fix problems, which I get, but they think that their life is going to be like the goal of their life is to not have any problems. And what they don't understand is that that's just part of life. It's how you deal with them. It's how you learn from them. It's how you grow through them. You know, and then without the problems, well, then you wouldn't notice the good things in life. You know, um, so that's just kind of the, the, the most awe-inspiring moment uh, that, <laughs> that me and my wife had. I mean, we've gone on tremendous trips and seen beautiful places in the world. And, you know, the world is such a beautiful, beautiful place if, you, if you're looking for the beauty. If you're not looking for the beauty, yeah, you'll notice everything that's, that's bad or that's, that's going wrong or whatever. But um, we, we choose to, to build our, our world, you know, we choose to see the world as to how we want to see it. Uh, we choose to see people as to how we want to see them. And we choose to see the good in people, um, you know, which a lot of it's easy to say. It's a whole other thing actually living your life that way. And you could tell how people, the people that are truly living their life that way, you could tell that they're living their life that way, but based upon how they treat you. And people could say that, but then if they're doing something on the other side that, you know, like if, if, oh, yeah, you know, I see the best in people, but then they're a jerk to their wife, they're a jerk to, to everyone else around them. Well, then no, they're just, they're just saying that. You know, they, they, they pulled a quote off of somebody's Facebook page, you know, or whatever. And it's like, you know, they're, they're saying the right thing, but they're not doing the right thing. So, you know, we're, we're just extremely appreciative of our, of our life. It, it, it's true. I love what you said there. The world is such a beautiful place if you're looking for the beauty. And, and I think there's a lot of power in that. And again, it goes back to what you started with in the beginning of training your brain to, to realize there's always ups and downs. There's always good and bad. There's always right and wrong. At the same time, it, you get more of whatever you're hunting for. And if you're hunting for the beauty in life, it's always available. You just have to find it, even in the hard moments. And you know, looking back, especially the hard moments, they shape us and build us into who we are. Um, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Throw something out here. It might be a little twist. What's your greatest fear? Uh, my greatest fear, um, definitely was, I, I think I've shifted a little bit, but my greatest fear was just literally, you know, passing away and just, you know, uh, going to the gates of, of heaven and just being like, Hey, you know, yeah, you did okay, but you missed all of this stuff that I had in store for you. All of, and I don't mean material things like all of these, these things, these people that you would have been able to impact you know, how you could have changed your world. You thought so small and because you thought so small, right, you didn't accomplish the thing that I really had set out for you, you know, and yeah, whether you believe in God or not or whatever, you know, it's just, it's just, that's just my, my personal belief. My biggest fear was not accomplishing what I was supposed to accomplish um, because I wasn't disciplined in my daily habits, you know, and I don't mean the daily habits of, you know, waking up, doing my work, making my phone calls, but being disciplined in the habits of how I was changing and becoming as a man, because, you know, everybody influences people. I read in uh, John Maxwell's book uh, this last, this last month is one of the books that I was reading. He said, look, he goes, everybody has influence, you know, around a, a minimum of, of around 10,000 people. They will influence throughout their life positively or negatively, you know, through just different connections you have and interactions and, and whatever. So it's like, man, 10,000 people, that's a lot of people. Well, the challenge is, is most people just choose not, not, they're not realizing they're doing it, but they're choosing to influence people negatively just based upon, cause they're not growing and changing in a positive direction. So you're automatically influencing people in a negative direction. That right? my biggest fear was just, just not really becoming everything that I was, you know, set out to become that I could have become, you know, living an average mundane, you know, life. And so many people, what they do is, is they just, Settle. You know, that's why, you know, we love you and Amanda so much. And, you know, we're, we're, you know, have developed a great relationship. And, and you know, I'm, I'm so excited about this. I can't wait to see where you are five years from now, where you are 10 years from now, because we think the same. You know, we speak the same language. You know, 
when you put a winner with somebody that's just choosing to lose, not that they're a loser, they're choosing to lose. You know, there's there's no there's no connection there. It's you're speaking two different languages. But when you put a winner with another winner, man, you could talk all day. You could you could you know you could go back and forth all day about where you're going, what your dreams are, how you're going to help the world, how you're going to inspire things. And the difference is is between us and the, the people that are choosing to lose is really just our beliefs. The, the the person who's choosing to lose just believes that you know he can't win, as where the person that's choosing to win believes that he could actually change the world. And whether he does or he doesn't, it's the pursuit of something that's bigger than them, and that that's really going to leave a legacy. You know, the goal is to leave a legacy. So my biggest fear used to be not leaving leaving a legacy, not having our names remembered. You know, as for somebody who did something great. You know, not not for personal edification or validation, but for actual like, hey, this is the lineage that we came from. This is our name. This is this is what we did to inspire and impact the world. And now we set this example so other people can be inspired and do other great things in the world. You know, that's that's the difference. I think that was my biggest fear for a long time. And it was because I really lived in, in fear rather than faith. You know, faith is is believing in something that hasn't happened, will, and has already happened. Fear is the opposite of that. Fear is believing in something that hasn't happened, right? You're believing that it is going to happen. So you choose to live in fear, and, and, and we just started to live in faith as opposed to fear. Mm. I love that. I love that. Choosing, choosing faith over fear is powerful. It, it's, it's a game-changing experience. Uh, a few episodes ago, we were talking to a, a, a lady who was talking about her greatest fear, and what was fascinating is in the moment, as she was saying it, I said, you know, what's the anecdote to your fear? What, what helps you? And she thought about it for a half second. And after she had just described her biggest fear, she literally says, the way I get through them is by closing my eyes and saying a prayer. Dear God, mm. please use me for what you need to be done. Please use me for a higher purpose in this moment. And she opened her eyes and literally took a breath. And I said, again, tell me about your fear. And she's like, I don't know why, but in my whole nervous system, it just literally became irrelevant. And I said, what do you mean? And she says, I don't know. It's not a fear anymore. Like I just thought about it and it has zero feeling in my body of fear like it used to. And I, and I, I paused and I said, for anyone listening, please rewind 30 seconds and listen to what just happened. The moment she offered herself up for higher service to serve something, people, the planet, something more than just herself, the one thing that in momentarily ago held her back or made her feel fearful completely disappeared in the moment. And it's like, wow. That's amazing. And it literally happened on, and it wasn't fake. It wasn't produced. It wasn't pre-thought. I, I was in shock. I was like, damn, I need to go back and re-listen to that and hear what just happened because it literally transpired in that moment of feeling something of deep fear, offering yourself of service for a higher purpose, and instantaneously watching that fear just disappear in the moment because you're here for something much more than just yourself in that moment. I, I, I love what you're saying. The ability, when you said, you know, to pass away, and feel like I missed out on all these opportunities that were waiting for you, that were meant for you, that were sitting right there. <laughs> but you couldn't see them yep. if you were caught up in all this other stuff. That's powerful. Yep. Yep. And, no, 100%. And as my wheels are turning, I'm, I'm curious, what are you most excited about for your future? Uh, you know, you know, economically, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're very happy. We're not satisfied but we're happy and um it was funny for the longest time i was so focused on okay i want to get to this level so i could do this and you know this income point and blah 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 and, and now it's so funny now that our focus is literally not on that at all you know where it's like okay yeah we're, we're, we're going in the direction i mean it's not that we don't focus on our finances and stuff but now that our focus is so people driven um, it's funny how the income actually increases so much more as opposed to when I was, you know, more, more income driven, it was like more of a struggle. So our, the thing that we're most excited about is, is really this new chapter as where we're gaining a higher purpose, which is really just impacting people in everybody, not just in our industry, not just, 
you know, but everyone we come into contact with. And, and it's amazing when, you know, you literally live your life on the golden rule. And, and that's literally what I focus so much of, of my energy on is, is really going, how do I want to be treated? You know, because if you know, do unto others as you'd like them to do unto you. So it's like, okay, well, how do I want to be treated? And it's such a simple little question. You go, okay, well, am I doing a good job at treating others that way? And what we're so excited is seeing how that is actually uh, uh, reproducing in other people's lives and how that's improving other people's lives, which is something we've heard from the time we were little. You know, doing to others, you'd like them to do to you. You know, you want people to be nice to you. Make sure you're nice to them. Like all these little things that we grew up with, but we've done such a bad job at actually practicing through our lives. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people, what they do is they go, oh, you know, my life's going to be better. It has to be incredibly complex. And there has to be this crazy secret that's so, you know, uh, you know, esoteric and complex. And, oh, my gosh, and it's actually quite the opposite. It's actually very simple. Um, you know, if you, if you understand some basic principles, you know, is, you know, which is, you know, you get what you speak. Well, the question is, is how are you speaking? You know, how are you talking? Um, you know, what are you, what are you speaking about your wife? What are you speaking about your, your, your family? What are you speaking about the people around you? What are you speaking about your situation? Are, are you constantly meditating on everything that's wrong in your life? Or are you starting to, to speak the opposite of that? And it's amazing how, you know, words, words are super, super powerful, but a lot of people think that they're not. I mean, literally everything starts with words. So, you know, before a building is built, it is discussed, then it is put on paper, then it is obviously designed, and then it is, you know, finally built. But it all starts with an idea. So if, if, that's, that's, if that's kind of the, the thought process of that, well, then how are you speaking about your life? How are you designing your life through your words? And if you wrote down, you know, we, we tell people to do this a lot. I go, look, I go, if you don't think your words are bad, just record yourself for an entire day. I go, and you're not going to listen to the entire recording, but I go, I guarantee you, you'll be, because you could, just because you know you're recording yourself, I go, you'll be very careful as to what you say. And, and it's amazing how many people that do that, they're like, you know, it's not that they're going to listen to the whole recording. It's just that they know that it's being recorded. And it, all of a sudden, the, see, now they have to be accountable for their words. It's amazing how different they're, they're like, they're like, oh my gosh, my day was so different just because I knew I was recording everything. And I, and I, and I knew I was going to be accountable for every word that I spoke. I wasn't saying all the things that I would normally say, hmm. you know, and I started to think different throughout the day, you know? So I think that's the thing that we're most excited about. Both my wife and I is, is just getting to the next level. And also, you know, in our relationship, it's, it's, I don't know why I just was like, I didn't want to be controlled and I didn't want to be, um, um, you know, I didn't, I was really intimidated by actually leading the family and, and, and doing what I needed to do for the family in every area. And, you know, that's, that's just been an exciting transition where I'm excited about leading the family, excited about just doing what I need to do for the family and having my wife being able to lean in on me. And, um, you know, cause I've never had somebody throughout my life cause I was so bad at relationships, uh, do that with me. And it's, it's really interesting because now, you know, a lot of people lean into us and, and it's, it's really good, but then it's also a, a very high sense of responsibility. And, and that's actually pushing me and driving me a lot, a lot further, a lot faster, um, to make sure that I'm, I'm on point, I'm doing the right thing. And, and, you know, we're leading and guiding not only our family, but people, right. So hmm. it's kind of a long answer. I apologize. <laughs> hey, don't apologize. I love it. It's what we're looking for. The, the realness, the humanness of what's going on in the world and what you're really up to and how you're doing it. It's awesome. Uh, we're going to transition now to a second element of the show, which is called the nuts and bolts. This is more tangible, practical uh, things that someone could take and immediately apply. You've already shared a ton that people can do this with. Uh, we're just going to hone in and focus on it. And so the first question is, currently right now in your life, where do you focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life each day? Um, I spend the majority of my time um, on personal development, but with action steps. So like when we get up, um, I've just been reading a lot of John Maxwell lately. And, and one of the things that I, I actually hadn't read this recently, but 
it's just reminding me of it. Um, you know, he, he talks about a daily agenda. And I, I think a lot of people, what they do is they have a list of things that they need to do each day. And it's, I got to go pick up the kids. I got to take out the laundry, you know, do the laundry. I got to clean the house. I got to go grocery shopping. And none of, none of those things, I mean, it's not that they're not good. It's not that they're not necessary, but they, they don't produce growth in your life uh, relationship-wise or economic, economically. So it's like, so people literally just, they're busy, but they're not productive. So what I always talk to people about is, is look, if, if you want to actually really produce results in your life, you have to take the top three, four things on that list, have to be dedicated towards growing yourself and then growing whatever vehicle, you know, your business, your job, wh whatever it is. It has to be dedicated. It has to be those top four things. Before you take do the laundry, before you go grocery shopping, before you, you know, do any of it, you have to accomplish those those two, three, four, five things each and every day. And if you do that, um, you know, and, and I always tell people, like, look, you know, sit down with somebody that's truly in life where you want to be. Sit down with somebody who's who's further ahead than you, and ask them what what are their daily rituals, what are their daily tasks that they do that produce growth in their life. And it's such a simple thing, but the discipline to actually do it is a whole nother thing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the first things that, that we recommend for people to do on a very simplistic level to start to implement into their lives, but guaranteed that will produce major change in their life if they just figure that out. I love it. So the major focus is growing yourself, growing your business, um, and, and making sure you're investing properly enough time and focus and life into those things so that you can really truly continue to expand in all that you're doing. Um, in all that, what yep. would you say one of the keys to your success is? You gave us a couple, but, but what would you hone it down into? If there was one key to success there, what's the one thing that really helps y'all in that process? Um, it, it's a relentless uh, pursuit of excellence. Um, I will not, we just don't stop. Like, you know, one of the things with people with ADD or ADHD is that they have the ability to hyper-focus and, um, I just, you know, I created leverage in my life. I was able to hyper-focus. Um, I created leverage that maybe even wasn't there or there was leverage there, but either way I created it in my mind and I was able to hyper-focus on those tasks at hand and basically nothing else mattered. I, I became very single-minded. You know, when you, so many people, what they do is, is they look at somebody who's become successful and they go, wow, that's amazing how they do it. That's incredible. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing if I could do that. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, this is their routine and this is what they do. And this is how hard they work. And when, when, when we try to show people, you know, cause we do some coaching, business coaching and whatnot. And when we show people the actual path as to what they're going to have to do to get to that point, it's amazing how many people are just totally shocked and they're like, Oh my gosh, that's what you have to do. And it's like, well, well yeah. You know, the, the difference is, is you've seen what average is. Well, now this is what extraordinary is. And it's so much, it's not that it's more work. It's a different type of work. It's a different type of focus. And what people do is because it's uncomfortable in the beginning, because they've been taught one way their entire life, they go, they go, oh, well, yeah, I, I can't do that. And they run away from anything that's, that's painful. That, you know, change is painful to people. Anytime they have to change, they go, oh, my gosh, I, 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 I don't want to do that. I can't hear that. I, I, you know. I've been doing this my whole life this way. Yeah, but it hasn't produced the results. So why, why are you going to keep doing it? I mean, that is literally the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You know, so it's like, okay, well, well, if, if this is the thing that you need to do and change to get you the life that you want to live, why wouldn't you just absolutely, you know, in, 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 embrace that and run with it? And that's, that's really what we did. I, I didn't care. See, see for me, the pain of mediocrity for the rest of my life, not just financially. I want to be clear in my relationships, right? Cause that was, I mean, you, there's lots of rich guys out there. There's a lot of, lots of wealthy people out there that are super unhappy, that are just miserable. You know, you know, there's different people that commit suicide and do all sorts of crazy stuff. They had all the trappings of success, but they didn't, they didn't, they didn't really gain success in their mind. They didn't gain, you know, peace in their mind. So it was like, for me, I looked at a living an entire life as average as way more painful than dealing 
with the two, three, four, five year period of pain of change or however long it takes you, it doesn't matter. It's still a lot shorter than 40 or 50 years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, we hear these, these, Oh, you know, you know, when, when people are dying and they're old, you know, the things that they, you know, uh, regret that they didn't do. It's all, it's all fear based things that would have, could have changed their entire life. If they, if they had just taken the jump, taken the leap, decided to change, decided to grow. So I, I just looked at things like that and I said, okay, so this is what people are saying that they wish they would have done. This is what mediocre people are doing. Okay, great. I'm going to do the total opposite of that. So when people told me I was nuts for starting a business, when people told me I was nuts for, for, for working with people that had results that I wanted to create, when people told me I was nuts for, for not going to college because I didn't go to college. And I'm not putting down college, but so many people go to college because they're told to go to college. And, you know, we talk to them and I go, why are you going to college? And why are you building up 60, 70, 80, 90, $100,000 of that? And they go, well, my parents told me to do it. It's like, okay, well, are they paying your college loans? Well, no. Well, then, then why don't you just go to a, a local school and, and, you know, and then maybe transfer to another school, but you don't even know what you want to do. And you're building up all this debt and 86% of people that graduate college don't even work in the field they graduated in. So like what? So we make decisions because people tell us to do something and, it's really not a valid point that they're actually making. They're just like, well, I heard this from somebody. So yeah, I think it's good. You might as well try it. And we literally, we, we, we build a life around people's opinions that aren't based upon fact and results. So literally the, the reason why my wife and I have become successful is because we just stopped doing that. We stopped listening to people who were not in life where we wanted to be, period. That may be your mom, that may be your dad, that may be your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle. People that are closest to you, it doesn't make them bad. But, look, I played ice hockey. My dad did not play ice hockey. I did not go to coaching to my dad for ice hockey. That was very logical. That was very simple. That was, you know, dad, can you coach me? He literally would tell me, because I would ask him questions as a kid. He'd go, Tony, he goes, did I play hockey? I go, no. He goes, so I don't know hockey. He goes, I think you did good. He goes, it seemed like you were working hard. He goes, but talk to your coach who played in the NHL. He goes, that's the guy you want to talk to. And that made sense to me. You know, and I think what most people do is they do the opposite of that. They're so worried about everybody's opinion. I really, it's not that I don't care about other people's opinions, but when I, I logically think about it and go, all right, this person isn't in life where I want to be. They're a nice person. They're a good person. It's not that they don't want what's best for me. But the reality is, is they don't know what's best for me because they haven't produced the results in the area that they're giving me advice in. So, hmm. so I love that. So at Key to Success, stop listening to people who don't have what it is that you're trying to achieve. Uh, and, and then the opposite of that is start listening to people who do have what you've achieved. And one, one thing I've learned is everyone in the world and everyone you meet in life is a warning and an example. Um, I used to say, yep. or an example, and then I realized even the best examples in the world have some area of their life that they're usually a big old warning in. And and so the, the, the best application I've seen in the streamlining of that is saying, hey, where in this person's world are they a beautiful example? And if that's what I'm trying to learn, exactly what you're saying here, go listen, learn, pay attention, watch, get around them, get some mentoring, get some coaching, like be around that area of their life because they're shining so bright and they really know what they're doing. Uh, on, on the other side though, don't fall into the trap where because someone's good at one thing, <laughs> magically believing they're great at everything. Um, like you said, yeah. your dad's an amazing human being. He's really smart. He's really good at so many things, but ice hockey, wasn't his thing. That's okay. Go to him for all the other stuff. Just don't go to him for ice hockey in that case. Um, and, yeah, and, and I think exactly. this is one little mistake people do in this area is they accidentally say, oh my gosh, that person's good at dribbling a basketball. Therefore, they must know everything. And it's like, no, they, they know yeah. that really well. Learn that from them. <laughs> you know, don't do what they yeah. did in whatever area of their life that they're a warning in. Um, and there's so many examples of this. And, and, and so, you know, I've learned to become very, I don't know if this is a word, but I call it choosy, picky and choosy of, of who I listen to in what categories and, and just asking. I, I think 
um, I forget who said it, but you know, have they achieved the results at least three separate times in their life? And, and are they really a subject matter expert? Um, even as simple as stuff like investing. I got an email this morning from a lady who had this long email about this amazing opportunity once in a lifetime. I got to get in because there's the people who created the last cryptocurrency that went to the moon and back, blah, 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 blah. And I just emailed her back. I said, hey, did you invest in how much? And she goes, well, I'm sitting right here. I can get you on the phone with them. I'm like, I'm sure you can. Did you put your money in it? And did you put your money in the first three that you just talked about? And how much did you make from all three of those? And she was like, well, that's not the point. You know, this is your opportunity. Now is the moment. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Have Are you a subject matter expert? You know, on the reverse side, I got invited and we had dinner with Sergey Brin the other day. And, and if, if I needed to know something about Google or how to build a tech company or how to build the next search engine, like the dude's done it. There's a reason he's got $52 billion of personal net worth. And I'm not judging him based on that. I'm just saying, hey, if that one category is something I'm interested in, he freaking figured it out <laughs> or got really lucky. And either way, I either want some of his luck or some of what worked. <laughs> yep. Yep. It, well, it, that's what's so funny is a lot of people, they think like people that have reached ridiculous heights of success in whatever industry, they think that like they kind of just stumbled into it. And it's like, no, man, that guy has got it like a company like, Google, Amazon, because they're constantly adapting. They're constantly changing things. They're dealing, they deal with more stuff on a daily basis than most employees, lower level employees. You know, I, 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 I caution to say it that way because I don't want people to get offended, but they deal with more stuff on a daily basis than employees deal with literally in a year or two. And it, it's, it's how they manage. It was funny. I was coming back from Aspen. And we were on a, a jet smarter flight and we had chartered a flight to go back and this guy jumps on and, um, you know, started talking to him and my son is on the flight with us and me, my wife, my son, and had a great time in Aspen. And, um, you know, he, he uh, my son goes, I, I've gone to the bathroom. My son goes, you know, Francis, what kind of plane is this? And, and the guy sitting there, he goes, he goes, Oh, it's a G450. And he goes, he goes, I, I have one similar to you know, um, and so obviously my son's ears pop, pop, pop off and he's like, oh, oh, wow, that's cool. What do you know about it? He starts talking. I come out and we start talking. We have this great long conversation for, you know, however long the flight was. I think it was three, three and a half hours. And, you know, he owns owns all these companies and he's, a, he's actually a multi-billionaire and just, just a super nice, super humble guy. And, you know, we've been in communication with him, you know, since the flight. And, you know, he's actually helping us with some things in terms of purchasing and, and you know, uh, you know, and share programs, jet share programs and whatnot. And, and the thing he said to me as I'm talking to him and stuff like that, I said, well, what's the difference? I said, you know, between you and everybody else that I said, because, you know, there's people that become successful, you know, relatively successful financially. I said, you know, I, I still consider myself very, 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 very small and low on that list compared to other guys. You know, um, I go, and then there's guys like you that, have, you know, I mean, you're, you're billionaire status. And he goes, it's real simple. He goes, the difference is, is, he goes, the average person, an employee, he goes, they cannot operate in chaos. He goes, they struggle with chaos. He goes, they try to, to, to basically work every problem out of their life as opposed to somebody like me and other guys that are at my level and whatnot. He goes, we thrive in chaos. And we understand that chaos is a part of everything that creates life. And he actually started going deeper into it and talking about, you know, the universe and different things. And, you know, and but he said, look, he goes, when chaos is happening, goes, that's when I'm the most comfortable. He goes, he goes, I like solving problems. I like the chaos. He goes, if there's not anything chaotic going on, he goes, then I'm like, he goes, I don't know what to do. <laughs> he goes, he goes, and that's the difference. He goes, people that become crazy successful understand how to operate and thrive in chaos. He goes, they don't fall apart. He goes, most people today, unfortunately, they're very weak. He goes, and as soon as a little problem hits them, he goes, and we're raising people this way today to be weak and to be just, you know, oh, if, some, if, if, if you don't like this, we'll just go over here to this safe space where you don't have to hear it. And it's like, man, he goes, nothing in the world operates like that. He goes, if you're in the woods, you're in the jungle, he goes, and a tiger is coming at you, 
He goes, you can't go into a corner and say, no, 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 I'm in a safe space now. I, no, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, because you have to learn how to survive and operate in chaos. And that just spoke to me. That made a lot of sense to me. It does, and it's powerful. I, I think the ability to be comfortable in chaos is a, is a game changer. And it also, it, it allows you to become successful at so many things. I mean, think about it, being a parent, you have to become great at operating in chaos if you're going to be able to raise many or even one human being. Because when it wakes you up at 2.30 in the morning and you're half asleep and can't figure out which way is up, but you got to feed it and wipe its poop and take care of it, you got to learn how to operate <laughs> in chaos. You know, if you want to be an incredible business yep. owner, um, <laughs> the bigger you want to grow, the more you're going to have to deal with. And it's going to happen all at once in every direction when you least expect it. You want to be incredible, uh, you know, in a relationship. Come on, like, tell me there's no chaos in a relationship. It's all over the place. It's just how well can you deal with those moments? And it's not, can you have the perfect, we're always happy and together and everything's amazing. Yeah, right. It's saying, hey, how well can you deal with the day where you all aren't getting along when you, you, you for some reason don't like them in the moment or you can't see the goodness in them in the moment? How well can you handle that chaotic situation and, and love through it and learn to step up and be there? And, and so success, it, it's so broad when you look at it, of the fact that chaos is everywhere. And the more you can learn to be with it, the better you can do in just about every major category of life. I mean, even in, in spirituality. Think about it. When do yeah. you grow the most in, a, in your space of spirituality is usually when you really, really are in a point of pure and absolute chaos. And the only option you have is faith. And you learn how to grow with that faith through those moments. <laughs> So it, it, it's so beautiful. What a great, great observation and great point and great lesson from that guy. Um, to, to wrap this yeah. up, here, here's my final question. What's one actionable tip that can help others achieve and experience the kind of success y'all have in your life, but experience it in their life? Well, what's one specific thing they could do each day that would really be useful in carving that path in, in their world? Um, this is something that uh, you and I have, talked about um and something that i'm just really you know just improving on and making it more and more consistent um and you talk to or you read books on on multiple guys i'm actually reading uh ray dahlia's book principles again and he talks about just meditation and you know and and you know prayer uh you know for, for some people um but just waking up every day and envisioning the day meditating on the day meditating on on you know, how, how are you seeing the day? How are you envisioning where your life is going? How are you uh, uh, speaking about what the day is going to uh, produce? What are you thankful for? And then just just really meditating on those types of things. I mean, I, I, I meditate, you know, obviously meditation is to clear your mind. But then as you start to, you know, kind of, you know, uh, set yourself and prepare yourself for the day, how are you thinking and preparing yourself for, for how your day is going to shape up? And it's so funny on the days that I don't do that, um, I'm definitely, you know, I could, I could feel a difference. I sense a difference. I don't maybe handle things quite as well as I do when I do do that. Um, and that's, it's a simple thing, but here's what happens. It, it's, it's literally, I tell people, I go, look, start with 10 minutes a day. I go, everybody's got 10 minutes. I go, it's not a big deal. I go, you know, you could get up 10 minutes earlier and, and just, just, just meditate and just pray. Um, um, and if, if you can get disciplined with cutting out that 10 minutes, it's amazing how much better your day is and how much more you actually accomplish because you're envisioning it and you're speaking about it and you're thinking about it. It's amazing, um, what you actually do and what you actually accomplish. Most people that get up and they get up at the last possible second, they throw in their clothes, they grab a bagel or they grab something, they run out the door and they're starting their day in this kind of chaotic state. And it's like, man, it kind of just throws off so much of their day. And, and um, for me and my wife, we, we really, you know, really try to practice practice that. And even with a little baby and everything like that, we, we, we really try to take that time and, and uh, be able to, to do that. So that, that would be my, my one tip as to something that people could, uh, you know, build into their life that would make a major difference. I love it. I, you, you know as well as I do, I'm obviously a huge fan of this. Um, just like your experience, I've, I've learned continuously on the days you do it, you feel amazing. It's, and, and honestly, you don't know the difference until you, you do it 10 days in a row or 30 days in a row. And then you miss a day 
and you scratch your head and look yep. in the mirror and go, what's wrong with me? Did my head fall off? Like, I can't even see straight right now. Something's off. And then you go, ah, snap. Yeah. I didn't meditate. <laughs> yeah. It's powerful. I nice. love it. Yeah, the Muse headband. I mean, I don't use that every day, but the Muse headband is really, really cool. Like, I just, I love that because, you know, the birds and, you know, and, you know, when I first started, I mean, I was talking to you about that. And I was like, I, was like, I want more birds. I want more, <laughs> you know, and if they're listening to this podcast, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you look up the Muse headbands, as, as you go into a deeper and deeper calm state, you get more chirping and birds and, you know, water sounds and stuff like that, as opposed to if you're not being able to go into a deeper meditation, you're kind of craziness and you know ruffling and stormy and you know stuff like that so it's, it's a really cool tool to help you uh learn how to properly meditate and, and you know envision the day and stuff like that that's right and for anyone listening if you're interested in learning more about muse we'll throw a link in the show notes along with more information about how to, how to connect and follow tony online and and see what he's up to and see all the things he's producing and creating as well um, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. We we really appreciate you uh, yeah. sharing all this with us. Uh, we love you guys. We love you and Amanda so much. And uh, you know, we're thank you for asking us. And uh, we hope this uh, this helps anyone who's listening. Very cool, man. Well, like I said, please check out the show notes. Make sure to see what Tony's up to. Follow him on social media. Check out everything they're doing. They've got some amazing new projects. They're they're launching a book that is in the works. I won't say too much about it, but I know it's coming up. So pay attention and. You know, follow them online. Yeah. You'll hear more and see more as it comes. And for, for everyone who's taking time to tune in, again, thank you so much for sharing this this 50 minutes of life with us here. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please make sure to click the subscribe button. Uh, if, if you really enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with someone. We believe that sharing is caring, and we love caring people around here. So, so make sure to share it and, and spread the word. And I look forward to seeing you all for next episode. 